What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier podcast. This time, we're covering two episodes, episodes two and three, since uh, I took off last week. And we also upped the guest count. Uh, joining me again this week is Norton. Hello. And longtime favorite, Christian, who misspelled his name on our podcast thing. Oh my god, I did. I didn't realize that until now. I'm Christian or whatever. Chris Satan. Chris Satan. Chris Satan. Oh my god, I kind of want to change my name to that now legally. You're Christ Satan. <laughs> I'm like the nice perfect middle child. Right? Um, yes. uh, like, God, take me down. And it's like, no. So it's like, now I'm Satan. Done. <laughs> yes. Much like Satan. Baron uh, Nemo game. is back. <laughs> and we can pretty much say he's the Satan of... Uh, Bucky Barnes's life, um, and then we also have the events of episode two, which involve a brand new Captain America, also Satan. Um, <laughs> does anyone I mean, disagree? We, we don't know if he's necessarily bad, but he's certainly showing himself to be a bit more, let's say, neutral in terms of morality. Yeah, he's he feels he like the anti-falcon to me i mean the problem is that like according to the interview that he gives in the second episode he has seen combat so he understands you know that whole idea of uh what do you call it um the ends justifying the means type thing so it's like he's more likely to say hey look maybe i did some shit stuff and maybe it wasn't illegal but it got the job done and like everybody's alive so i don't really care how we got there yeah, and so let's let's uh, the foundation for this podcast. So we'll be talking about episode two, the Star Spangled Man, and episode three, the Power Broker. And episode two introduces John Walker, um, like and Norton, as you said, he is more than qualified to be America's hero. This dude has an amazing resume behind him. He's, uh, you know. He's, insanely uh, physically fit apparently yeah he's got a hell of a chin too yeah he's got that <laughs> but he looks stupid in that he's helmet kurt russell's son for god's sakes I is he really he is he really yeah. yep i thought See, he was bruce campbell but okay no. surprise surprise he is kurt russell's son and he like the weird thing is that i find it odd that they picked him because the other stuff that he's done is so far away from this like, as an actor, the other things that he's been in. Like, he was in Lodge 49. That that was nowhere near this. Weird. That's the only other thing I know him from, to be honest. So, <laughs> I'm making a poor argument. But he's like, <laughs> he just doesn't look like he should be in this. But it kind of works. So, you mean how we'd feel about any other person taking Captain America's spot? I mean, again, like, I'm not used to seeing him without a scraggly beard, either. Like, it's very weird to see him clean-shaven. That's why the Because I feel like everything else out. he's in... Yeah, that's why the chin looks so weird. Because it's like everything <laughs> else he's ever been in, he has a beard. He looks like a homeless man just walking around all the time. <laughs> I, I love how we're just starting this podcast off by dunking on uh, the new Cap. <laughs> new like, Cap can take it. But, like, here's I'm the thing sure about... Bucky and Sam would appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll get we'll get into new cap. We'll also uh, touch upon some other new uh, items like the flag smashers and the fact that they have uh, the super soldier serum. That's back because yeah. why not? <laughs> and wow. the introduction of the big three being uh, what was it? Androids, it, 
aliens and sorcerers or magicians. Yeah, magicians, magic. Yeah, wizards. Yeah, wizards. And then we get the great line from Bucky going, or no, Sam going like, "What? You know, Doctor Strange isn't a wizard; he's a sorcerer." And he. Yes, I was up to something like that. I'm butchering it. He says, uh, it. so Bucky goes, like, wizards aren't a thing. Yeah. And Sam goes, what about Doctor Strange? And Bucky goes, that's a sorcerer. And Sam's like, sorcerer is just a wizard without a hat. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not wrong. I mean, let's but... face it. You got Scarlet Witch, who is genuinely a witch. They've, they've, it's canonical now. She is 100% an actual fucking witch. Yeah. So if you can have witches, you should be other wizards. And basically, the idea of sorcerer is just an all-encompassing term. So what you're saying is Harry Potter is coming to the MCU um, sooner than we think. Yeah, I could see that, honestly. (laughs) That'd be amazing. So in Phase 9, we will have resurrected Thanos, um, the soul of Ultron in Iron Man's body. Uh, Iron Man's an android now. Uh, And we'll also have Voldemort. All on the same team. Oh God, that's a good access to Yeah, that that is. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Uh, And give me a X Men villain uh, that we can throw in there. Magneto. Okay, there you go. Magneto. Yeah, why not? Magneto works. Yes. You know what I want to see? A Magneto Loki. Okay, the Loki trailer did drop this morning. Um, Yay! But imagine a Magneto Loki, um, just buddy cop movie. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I. uh, I don't know. Fassbender, Hiddleston, come on! I know those two together. I'm done. Gorgeous, but I'm yes, done. yeah. You 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 break all the box office writers. No, Kevin... you would. There wouldn't be a lady. There wouldn't be a dry seat in the house, and there's not a lady not <laughs> in her house. She's in. She's like, I'm done. Kevin, Kevin Feige, give me a call. We got a script for it. <laughs> We're just gonna call it panty droppers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we should probably get back to the show. <laughs> yes. I don't know how we got so off track, except for a little joke about wizards. But anyway, um, episode two introduces yes. New Cap a little better than it had in the first episode. Obviously, the first episode just teased his appearance, and now the second episode gives you a little bit more backstory in terms of an interview with him. It's not really a backstory in terms of you actually have to see anything. I love the Disney um, uh, placement of Good Morning America. Of course, you got to stay with the ABC family. Oh, uh, yeah. By Disney. Oh, was that what that was? Yeah. I could not place like, who the hell she was. The only reason I found her was because I watched The Chase. So I'm like, oh, she played herself. She must be the interview lady. Like, I thought it was another actress. Uh, well, I mean, they, the interview itself was on like the MCU's version of Good Morning of America. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, I also liked how they filmed that scene at night, and so I was like, "Good night, America." <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> well, like... they do do prime time specials once in a while, like yeah. shows like that will do. And I mean, this is one of those things where if you get to cover the new Captain A, you're definitely gonna wanna take advantage. You'll be like, "I don't care if I'm supposed to be at night. I will do this during the day, or I will do this at night instead of the day, just so I can get the new Cap scoop." Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, you're 100% taking that. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and, yeah, so we get the intro to Cap, and we also get this, we get Bucky and Sam meeting up, finally. Um, in, and ironically, uh, in the... we get a second uh, team meet up, because you get Lamar Hoskins thrown in here, who is uh, Battlestar. 
Yeah. 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 That was, I like that addition because it adds layers from the comic book lore. Yeah. Oh, All right. Comic book, uh, comic book break. Give us an update, Christian. Who is Battlestar? Uh, he is, it's kind of what you see here. He's like a very big sidekick to, um, to, uh, John's character, basically. Um, but both of them at different points in time were very close to the Captain America title. Um, in fact, I, I, I kind of, uh, John, uh, Sam and Bucky all at different points in times have kind of taken that role and also have kind of, uh, scientifically were given it through weird uh like situations and circumstances depending on what era of the comic you're looking at so i guess the best way to put it is all of these people that you're seeing as the main characters all the dudes really um they're all different iterations of captain or captain sidekicks throughout the captain comic history lore thing that's just from google searching too so but yeah i've seen yeah like i've seen the sam wilson captain america yeah and I know from Wikipedia, which, again, not the most reputable source, but it'll do for here, is basically that uh, the John Walker Battlestar combo is from an alternate uh, timeline, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And John Walker is U.S. eight. Well, we haven't confirmed it yet, but he's like the U.S. agent comic line as well. So, like, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of captains is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, like, I think the one thing that rubbed me wrong about this particular interview um, is threats are now global for heroes. It's not just like it was back in the 50s or, or 40s, 30s. I don't know when the original Captain America took place. 40s. But, like, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, Steve Rogers getting to his family, like even though you knew he was Steve Rogers, it wasn't that easy for somebody to go in against up against him like captain america was still an upcoming name he was more an icon than he was a hero during that first movie uh during his time as captain america but then over here you have terrorists like the flag smashers and you then you have john walker who is putting his face out there in an interview you know who he is you can easily find out who his family is things like that and why would how would you reveal the identity of a superhero? I mean, wasn't that the entire thing about the Sokovia Awards Accords? Uh, like, like um, keep I mean, it hidden. Wouldn't the argument be that if John Walker is a, an official uh, government licensed Captain A, if you will, that he probably already has signed the accords and thus gives up all rights yeah. to his privacy and whatnot? He definitely did, my friends. And again, I feel like, like it's gonna backfire. He is oh, no, 100%. part of the military, so it's like his family's already aware of the danger. Like, I don't think he has a family, but if he had a family, at least a wife and kid type family, not necessarily a parent or a sibling family, uh, and even if he had that, they he's been in the military, so they already understand that there's a level of danger that goes with that anyway. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I feel like if you're a hero, you don't put your name out there. And with regards to Cap's original origin, he was just a propaganda machine in the beginning. Yep. Like, he, he doesn't even get to do anything in his yeah. first iteration. He's just out there to get people to sign GI bills and buy bonds and do this and that so that the way they can support the war effort. And 100%. That's partly what bothers the shit out of him about it in the beginning. He's like, why am I even doing this? Yeah, he just wanted to be, like, a soldier doing it for, you know. Yeah, like, he wanted real. to help people. Yeah. And they are like, no, 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 you're much better as a symbol. 
as compared to John, who's just show- fucking showcasing that. I- oh, I'm the new captain, or like he even bragged oh. about like, well, I dove for a grenade multiple times, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, here's the thing: it's hard to hate him. Like, even though, like, it, I don't know if we're supposed to hate him, but it's, it is kind of hard to hate. I think we're going to grow to be very wary of him. Because, oh, yeah. I, I, like, yeah. if yeah. you see his behavior in the third episode versus the second episode, yeah. there is a very strong delineation starting to form in terms of his moral compass being very much in the gray. So I, so we'll, we'll jump it. We'll, yeah, we'll jump into this now. So, you know, there, in episode two, there is a meetup in some foreign country i can't even remember the name right now uh with sam bucky uh battlestar and john walker and you know there's a fight on the truck you've probably seen this scene in the trailers i mean most people probably seen the episode by now but um for me it was like when john walker shows up he takes care of those around him like you know when battlestar fell off that truck he didn't need to throw his shield to save his life, but or like soften that blow, but he did. Um, and then on top of that, he's not a super soldier either. He is, he's a human man, and he's throwing himself <laughs> up against super soldiers, rightfully so. Like, Give but, it some time. I I have a theory, but go ahead. Yeah, um, but as we do know, um, you know, like no, he's uh, definitely to, getting uh, good press. I would yes. say. Yes, but then like in episode he's getting three, getting that good image down. Yeah, but in episode three, you know, he's trying to track down any leads that they can for the flag smashers. He, I think him and Battlestar are trying to do whatever they can. And at the end of the episode, it seems like they are kind of pissed that Sam and uh, Bucky broke Nemo out of jail. Not well, Zemo out of jail. <laughs> I mean, Battlestar doesn't believe that they did, but uh, Walker does. Like... Uh, basically, um, as I remember the scene, Walker's the one who's like, oh, they probably broke him out. And Lamar's just like, no, I don't think that's how that went down. Like, why would they do that? And he's like, it doesn't matter. Let's just follow them because they'll lead us to Zemo. Like, Hoskins seems very bothered by his friend's gradual decline in moral in moral aptitude. I still feel like he's signed up for it, though. Like, he's, like, he's like still on board. Like, let me follow this white man um, and see well, where this leads. I mean, that's the burden of the black sidekick, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's. I mean, it's funny because we haven't even gotten into the uh, the Isaac Washington. Was that it? No, that wasn't his name. Isaiah. I think, I think it was just Isaiah. Isaac something. I don't remember. No, no, no. It's Isaiah, but I can't think. No. Isaiah Bradley. There we go. Okay. Isaiah Bradley. Uh, so in episode two, after they uh, basically get their ha- asses handed to them by the Flag Smashers and turn down any sort of help from New Cap, uh, they wander off and Bucky offers another possible lead to the Super Soldier Serum. And it turns out to be this black man who lives, I forget where he lives, to be perfectly honest, but he lives in a house. And his, I think his grandson is the one that answers the door. There's theories that that this person will be more significant later. But Mm -hmm. currently, we don't really see a whole lot of him. But he lets him in. And Bucky essentially explains to Sam that this is uh, another super soldier that the government made quietly, secretly, and who they used to try and assassinate uh, Bucky when he was Winter Soldier. Yeah. 
along and, with like other fucked up missions which is implied but yeah 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 and, and again this is um this is vaguely based on the comic book version of isaiah bradley who in the comics is sent out to kill i think destroy a nazi war camp all by himself mm-hmm. and it's again it's another suicide mission um but what's funny is that, you know, we talk about Cap, the original Cap, and how he sort of broke out of his mold of being a, a symbol and went out and did the whole war hero thing. But he, if you remember in the first movie, he actually steals the uniform to do this. Like, he steals the uniform, he leaves his ranks, like the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back, he's, like, celebrated as a hero. In the comics, Isaiah Bradley does the same thing. Like, he realizes what the government did to him, so he steals the Captain America uniform, he goes out, destroys the the war camp despite everyone thinking he's going to die, comes back, but he gets court-martialed and thrown into jail for what he did. So it's a very nice, or not nice, but it's a very uh, significant um, juxtaposition. No, 100%, I agree with you on that. I'm noticing more and more there's a theme here, especially considering that, um, Falcon, or I should say Sam, is the main character, and his experience is the black superhero extraneous Avenger, who d- like kind of gave up the opportunity to be Cap, and you know, like his experience as a, as a black superhero versus like yeah, everybody else's. And, yeah, and what's happening. I, I I hope, and I hope the series does take its time to actually come out and say it, or like properly show it, because I feel like right now it's still it's like there's undertones of it. You know, yeah. like, there's a line here, a line there. But, like, I want it to be said. I want it to be a main topic of, like, an I mean, episode. episode two yeah. is pretty heavy-handed in terms of they find all that shit out about this guy, and then immediately after, they get pulled over by the cops. Yep. So you see yeah. the whole different treatment between Bucky, who is a known war criminal, a known oh. international murderous war criminal but he's white sam exactly he's white (laughs) so there's like nope like the officer says oh sorry mr barnes we have to take you in mr barnes meanwhile you know when they don't recognize sam they're just like oh is this guy bothering you to bucky and bucky's just like no what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) yeah so they're not there i i think they're actually doing a pretty decent job in terms of making it clear that race is going to be something that this show will deal with yeah. And I think that having the Walker Hoskins team is another part of that because it's a it's the same exact team, it's just a different take on it. So now you have another black uh sidekick as it were with a white mane and you're kind of wondering like, well, how's this going to work out because now his his white mane is slowly turning into a black hat as it were. So <laughs> It's like, uh, I don't know, is he gonna is he gonna ride the company and stay with his friend or is he gonna realize like shit's about to hit the fan, I should switch teams. I'm curious to see where it goes too. Yeah. I'm also curious to see where the, the, the lone sister story is going to. Because I feel I, like we yeah. kinda avoided I all mean, the stuff in episode one we kinda just stopped hearing about yeah, in two episodes. They, well, it's funny because she calls in episode three and that's the whole reason they get fucked over when they go to see Selby. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, so, Come on, as a as international agent I know, in the spy I world, know. like why you wouldn't put your phone like why wouldn't you turn your phone off? You're about to do something important. And the other thing is like why wouldn't you immediately hang up your phone? Yeah, it's ringing, yeah. but it's not that hard to just hang it up and like put it on silent and that's it and just tell yeah. Selby like, like Well, oh, she didn't cares? give him a chance. She kind that's of forced him. That's just one of my him. horrors. Yeah, it yeah, rang for a little bit before she true. did though. Like that's it true. rang a couple times before he was like 
Oh, what do I do? It's like, gee, think faster, idiot. Like, what the hell? I kind of love Sam for that, though, because he's he's such a good guy. He's he's. I don't think he's meant to be a spy whatsoever. Sam? I think he's just meant oh, to be no. like a nice soldier. No, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, I think Sam is like. I think Sam's as close to the original Captain A as you're gonna get. Yeah. Because it's like he's very much a genuine person. He genuinely wants to help people. He's genuinely a good guy. I think when he like has to do something a little morally gray, he has to make sure it's like to his up and up which is the whole helping Cap in Civil War part. Yeah. And I think he uh, feels bad, like, when they run into Sharon. I think he genuinely feels bad for her. Yeah. Ah, Sharon. I uh, feel bad. I, I don't know if I feel bad for Sharon just yet, because I feel like it's all an act. Uh, yeah, I'm very worried that Sharon's going to wind up being a double cross. Do you think she's secretly the um the leader of uh, Mad- Madripoor? What is the name of the place? Madripoor. Madripoor. Oh, okay, you got it right. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think... What, in ep- we should probably right, explain well, some things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, wait, where are well, we on terms of topic right now? Because like, uh, I, I think we're wrapping up episode two. So th- yeah, I think the big takeaway from episode two is... Couples um, therapy. That's it's the, the, big episode. <laughs> the Flag Smashers are super soldiers. They're, you know, that's why they go see Isaiah, because Bucky had... Um, Becky, Bucky had encountered him in Vietnam, and that's how Bucky lost his arm. Um, I see how tore it off, and that's how he got his vibranium one, um, which is kind of crazy. Also, uh, none of that is true. Where? What the? He- Did you even watch this episode? Oh my wait, god! It's like two? doing a review with Rob right now. No, n- none of the what you said is real. Wait, with the arm thing? Because that that surprised me just now. No, no, no. no. I, I don't... He does. He encounters Isaiah in the Korean War. He yes. has a metal arm by the time he shows up in Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier. So he yeah. obviously got replaced. Yeah. That's not where he gets the vibranium arm. He got the vibranium arm. Yeah, he had a vibranium he... arm in Winter Soldier. No. No, he, he gets, gets it the in vibranium Wakanda. arm in Wakanda. Yeah, I remember He that. didn't have a vibranium arm. What he did just he had like before? a regular metal arm. It's just a regular, regular metal arm. Oh, really? It's probably like steel <laughs> or some shit. I mean, whatever they got in Russia. Oh. I always figured whatever it was country. vibranium. I'm never sure if it's supposed to be Russia or Germany, because they're still supposed to be Hydra, right? So that's the, so like, that's yeah, that's where it gets tricky. Is uh, that always you're confuses right. the shit out of me? Because I'm like, he's set off by, as far as I can tell, Russian words, and he's called the Winter Soldier, which is, assumes Russian, but he's Hydra. Maybe so, Hydra infiltrated Russia. But I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Germany and Russia were allies for a little while in World War II, so maybe there's some. Russian hydrofolk. Either way, if we get back to topic, essentially what happens is what we learn is that there is more super soldier serum floating around because of <laughs> Isaiah, second. because we learned that Isaiah got experimented on by Hydra. Later on, when he gets captured and thrown in jail, the U.S. government experiments on him. And then, well, technically, the, the U.S. government, which is disguised Hydra, experiments on him. Then later on in episode three, we find out that the CIA did the same thing to him. Like they also experimented on him. So he has been heavily fucked, but that he is the reason why there is super soldier serum now. That I feel like you missed all of that. No. (laughs) Or you're just confused? Because he mentioned, didn't Isaiah mention tearing his arm off or something? Yeah, that's in Korea. That was but in Korea. Okay. When they fight in Korea, he goes to kill him, and yes. they get in a fight. And the only like the only thing he can do is rip his arm off. He doesn't kill him, 
But yeah. I guess he rips his arm off before he escapes. And that's why he, he has comes to... back. Yeah. And then he doesn't. He has a regular metal arm when he comes back later on in Winter Soldier. Okay, like, I... you gotta remember the Korean War was back in like nineteen sixties. Maybe I'm not really good. Fifties or sixties, late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, sometimes fifties. I always, I, I always I thought his arm was vibranium. Um, no, yeah. he gets the vibranium okay. arm thanks to Wakanda. Unless, okay. unless, no, unless, he does. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, because how else the hell would he have ripped it off? Because I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe Hydra like stole vibranium at some point in history, which is not an impossible idea. No, nah, no, that's that's too hard in but... that timeline. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we'll go ahead and just assume that he had a regular-ass cybernetic metal arm that was super strong because, again, it's robot arm. And, you know, again, he's this stupid legendary assassin. People aren't really going to test him too much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very true. And we but see yes, that in episode three. What we but, learned yeah. from episode two is that Super Soldier Serum exists. Now they have to go talk to the only person who would know about Super Soldier Serum, which is Zemo. Which Sam's not a huge fan of, but Bucky realizes when Isaiah says your people, he means Hydra. And the only person who knows a shit ton about Hydra that has access to them is Zemo. Or that they have access to. Yeah. So but let's also not forget couples therapy, guys. Uh, couples therapy. Couple therapy. The bromance. That shit of the... pissed me off. <laughs> I loved it. And like the, the stupidest way. Well, like, I mean, so it's much. very much just their friendship and like, look at me in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, okay. I, I did not. I mean... Granted, I understand that that is a real thing that happens, and that's a real uh, tool that I'm sure military and companies and all kinds of other things use in order to help group dynamics, but I'm just not a fan of it in this particular instance. I just, I don't know. I just want to <laughs> ship them together now. Like, this is more than just a bromance. <laughs> uh. Christian, you guys called me crazy. In our WandaVision um, wrap-up for uh, saying that they should kiss. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, honestly, after watching three episodes of this, I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of want to see it. No! <laughs> see? Oh, <laughs> Great. my God, no. I don't want that at all. <laughs> no, it, we're just mostly joking about that. No. Um, that would yeah, be but... depressing. <laughs> um, how did episode two end? Episode two ends with them deciding to go see Zemo. Uh, yes. Because and then telling both, John. Like, they run into. Oh, because they get arrested. Other yeah. Cap bails them out. They do couples therapy. And then yeah. Other Cap is like, why don't you join us? They're like, fuck that. So Other Cap's like, fine, then don't get in our way. Don't and get in our way. And that's when they leave and decide, oh, we're going to go to Berlin and go see uh, Zemo. You have a better two-week memory than I do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As you get things wrong, my brain is like, nope, let me correct this. <laughs> well, I, have a very I, was, good testi- brain. I was testing you. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> I, I accept. <laughs> All right. Uh, at least for episode three, I should do a better job because I just watched this last night. I uh, hope so. so. Yes. Um, so we kick things off with a commercial Brought to you by the Global Repatriation Council. Yay! Um, yeah, you would... It, it was interesting, because, like, I know we talked about this in the first episode, Norton, about, like, how people are showing up after five years, uh, you know, all the bank records, keeping track of who lived where, the houses, property, like, that must just be a giant mess. But it, it seems like this is 
the world's response to dealing with the blip refugees. And... Yeah, I mean, it does look like there was a thing in place, no matter how flawed it may have been. It mm. does exist. Somebody mm -hmm. did create it. We don't know exactly who's running it. I mean, I would assume it's an international organization just because of the fact that this happened all over the world. So yeah. it wouldn't be just solely an American thing, which makes the fact that when we uh, when we next see New Cap and Battlestar, they are in a GRC vehicle. So I it makes it seem like that. they're hired by them. Yes, it seemed very ice to me. Like yeah. it felt like an ice raid, which is I think the vibes that they were going for to really pivot towards that racism angle. Yeah. And again, it's it's a, it's a situation where we really get to see uh, new caps flaws. You know, yeah. the, the second episode is all about like, look at our shiny new cap, and the third episode is like, don't look too close. And it's like <laughs> spit in my face. What? <laughs> yeah, and like, I, and the building they raid is actually belongs to somebody that was helping the flag smashers and Carly. Uh, yeah. Like again, I think in the last episode they identified the leader of the Flag Smashers, which is Carly uh, Morgan Thau. Morgan Thau. Yeah. yeah. Um, who you know they're kind of just going from. It's kind of like a Robin Hood situation. You know, the Global Repatriation Council isn't doing its job properly. The Flag Smashers thought you know society with borders is bad, and like you know, there's just people being left out. Uh, that are dying, they're not getting the help they want, and they're just trying to give supplies out to people that deserve it, and you know, share the wealth. That, um, also, their America. name is awesome for a Captain America villain or yeah. quote unquote villains. Flag smashers. How un-American is that? Yeah, <laughs> and it's and like I saw a tweet uh, earlier this week about you know every time there is a villain that you know the audience goes like yeah you know I kind of see. I kind of agree uh, with, you know, their angle. Because, like, they're not wrong. Like, uh, you know, they lived in a world without borders. They did, I mean, everybody banded together to get by, to survive, uh, to grow stronger. And, you know, that was kind of Thanos' things too. Like Thanos' you know, whole point was that if you get rid of half the people, you have more resources. Yes. So when all those people return, all those resources disappear. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that, you know... These people were like, hey, we liked it better when there were actually resources for everybody. Because yeah. now you got to figure, if half the people are gone, now at least the poor people, the little bit that are left or however many are left that are poor, now they have a better shot at getting things that they couldn't get before. And, and, like, and we also see that, like, you know, at the end of the episode, when they raid the GRC building, this, this flag smashers here, um, they're like, you guys had six months of supplies just sitting there that they weren't doing anything with. Yeah. Um, bureaucracy, know, like, baby. Yeah, bureaucracy yeah, just slows like bureaucracy. down. bureaucracy. Exactly. But mm. it's what happens next that, like, rubs me the wrong way, and it happens, it's very common. Uh, and so, like, this tweet is uh, from Oliver Darkshire at Death by Badger, and he goes... There's always a point with modern superhero stories where the villain starts looking so reasonable in the comparison to the unfettered capitalist nationalism of our status quo that the writers have to shoehorn in a dissonant violent episode in case the audience changes sides. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Um, it's like, it's like, and he goes into a bit of a dialogue. He's like, villain, we should make sure everyone has enough food and shelter. Audience, oh, 
maybe they have a point. Villain, I shall now blow up this housing complex for no reason. Audience, <laughs> well, clearly everything he has said up to now was wrong and refugees are monsters. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, I mean, well, Thanos could have just doubled all the resources with the snap. Why didn't he do that? I mean, in all fairness, everyone. it's like, first of all, we don't know who was left in that building. We do know that there were at least GRC people left in that building. But we don't know that there were any actual refugees left in that building. So if you're going to go ahead and say, like, oh, there's this unmitigated act of violence, the other half would say, like, well, technically, they're just killing the people that are in their way. Wouldn't you do that anyway? What about the contractors on the Death Star argument, where it's like all the people who died on the Death Star weren't necessarily Empire? Same logic applies here. It's like, what if you're just a dude fixing the toilet? Like, like like, it or not, collateral damage is a real thing. Yeah, but, like, like, they had the GRC people tied up. It doesn't matter. They were going to get untied, and then they were going to come after them. Do you not understand how this works? But Why am I, I the only one they... here who has a good old-fashioned dark logic to think? <laughs> but you didn't need to kill them. You got the supplies, give them out, and You dead. have to kill people, man. It's part <laughs> of the... Because you have to send the message. First of all, if they're not happy with the after snap, it kind of makes sense that they would want to, you know, thin the herd anyway. <laughs> Damn. Think about that. You liked it when there, then half the people were gone. Why wouldn't you make a little effort and be like, you know what? We can live without these people. Who are taking uh, our stuff. They're our enemies anyway. It works. Yeah. It's, it's two birds with one bloody, bloody stone. I'm just imagining, you know, like those poll quotes that they do in commercials for like <laughs> movies and TV shows. It's just like, it's like, you just have to kill people in Norton, <laughs> the workprint.com. I hope that that is the epitaph on my gravestone. <laughs> like sometimes you just gotta be killing people. <laughs> just you know, it's it's gotta be done. Animals do it all the time. They don't feel bad. We're hey, animals. A- like a- it or not. Animals animals do it to hunt for food. They so don't do eat it. the people. I'm not saying you can't eat them. <laughs> you barbecue them at this yeah, point. Might as barbecue well. them up, make them taste good. Or use them as bait to lure out animals and eat them. Everybody wins. Apex Predator style. Yeah, right? There's always a plan. <laughs> There's always a Godzilla. <laughs> there is always a Godzilla. <laughs> He's my favorite, by the way. Yeah. He's mine, too. I, I'm a I, Godzilla I fan. I always root for Godzilla. I never Me liked too. King Kong. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean uh, okay, we're going to take five minutes. I'm looking <laughs> at the clock. 39, 39.30 is where we stop on this. Any, like... I went to, to theaters to see this with my wife, and my wife's like, I'm Team King Kong. I was, <laughs> like, if Ki- I was okay. like, if King Kong wins, it's because Americans, King Kong is American. Yep. He is the American mascot uh, yep. for this movie. Godzilla is the rest of the world. He's the Asian Oh, he's market. Tokyo, let's be honest. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean... so, and so we sit there through that movie, and I we're, guess we're just going to go into spoilers here. Godzilla kicks his ass. King Kong couldn't even win a fight on his own in that entire movie. He got assist after assist. He had the he axe. Got an when he axe had the axe. That was made yeah. out of Godzilla's own scales. Exactly. That's how hardcore you had to be to kill Godzilla. It was like you needed something from Godzilla. And it still wasn't He's enough. He's a radioactive monster, for God's sake. All this dude is, is an extra large gorilla. That's it. Yes. That's all you That's are. That's true. You're not... You're not a super soldier gorilla. You're not a souped up gorilla with extra human powers. You're just a regular ass gorilla that got really big. And like, you don't fire any blasts of energy. (laughs) Like nothing. 
There was a there was a meme my brother sent me that goes Godzilla after fighting an alien dragon and exploding like a nuclear bomb and it's him like standing tall with his like black back glowing uh, and it's like King Kong after fighting old airplanes <laughs> for being a simp and it's him with like on a hospital like a like a chimp on a hospital bed with like the Aww. thing in his nose for oxygen. <laughs> well, look at how he is after the fight in the sea when they go in that fight with the with the boats. Yeah. Like yeah. Godzilla beats his ass, and he's just like he has to play dead in order to get out of that fight. <laughs> like to survive another day, they're like just play dead. He's like can do. I am beat the fuck anyway. <laughs> That's how fucking awesome Godzilla is. Uh, Although to I... be fair, I will state that the reason I like Godzilla is because he is a lizard, and I don't like King Kong because he's an ape, and they're related to people, and I hate people. So I'm going to no. make it very clear that it has nothing to do with Jingoism or anti-Jingoism or any of that shit. I just prefer lizards over... I prefer anything over apes. I'd I go just... for a spider over fucking King Kong. <laughs> I just like Godzilla's destroying things and he being like... He looks so Braw! cool! He's got like yeah, that the awesome nuclear breath is awesome. blue glowing back. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And like, and credit to the director, he moves unbelievably well in like hand-to-hand combat with King Kong. Like... Yeah. They did. Actually, yeah, which is surprising. Like, you'd think he'd be a little bit more screwed because he's got the little T-Rex yeah. arms, but nope. The, he, yeah, the T-Rex arms seem like they were bigger in this one. He makes 100% use of his body. He's like, yeah. oh, you got me? My tail's taking care of you. Oh, you mm. got me? I'm going to flip my body over. What now, bitch? And also just goes to show you how OP Godzilla is, the fact that his nuclear breath can drill a hole to the center of the Earth. Yeah. Nobody and ever questioned. Wow, that's somehow pretty... it hits his axe and gets absorbed. Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> come on, no. <laughs> I, but I mean, we're, uh, we're you watch that movie for the the fighting. But anyway, okay. Uh, I, we still got less than two minutes for Godzilla vs Kong, <laughs> but I expect I expect uh, when John Walker shows up to <clears throat> actual fight, like not episode two fight, like his next fight, he is gonna get his ass. Handed to him, by like which Kong one? did, by anybody that would as a super soldier. I mean, technically, he the only person he's on even footing with is Sam. If he fights Bucky, he's Ooh. screwed. If he fights Ooh. any of the Flag Smashers, he should by rights be screwed. And the same thing for Hoskins. Hoskins is also not a super soldier, or at least technically, no spoilers, not yet. Yeah, so you read it too. Okay. I didn't read it, but I read yeah. I read about where they come from and how they yeah. advance. Sort of, yeah, same here. So that's why I was trying to like imply that earlier, but I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, Whatever. my guess Whatever. is that if they follow the comics, which they seem to be doing in terms of maybe changing a few facts, but mostly sticking to truth, then Walker and Lamar are definitely going to be a bit more formidable. Yep. In, uh, I would say, since this is only six episodes long, I'd say, like, maybe the next episode, they probably kick things up a notch. Also, 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 that would, I think, factor in Sharon a lot. Yes. Because I think Sharon is the key to this. If she turns out to be working for the power broker, then Sam and Bucky are in trouble. She might even be. the. Some fan theories are she might actually just be the power broker. That'd be cool if she was. I hope she is. I kind of hope so, too. Because that'd be nice. I honestly thought she... My take on it was she's part of the U.S. government still. And oh, just you think she's being undercover? A secret, yeah, I think she's just undercover. Aw, I like yeah. how you give everyone the benefit of the doubt. 
<laughs> Someone's got to. Except for New Cap. You're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, here's the thing. If she's in trouble for stealing Cap's shield, she also saved the world by doing that. Because if Cap didn't have a shield, yeah, he, I, don't think, I don't know how well he would have gotten um, away with no not having a shield. You know, she did, but she's also not an Avenger. And that's the thing she points out to Sam. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, they both got in trouble for helping Cap out, but Sam got out of it because he's an Avenger. She got fucked because she's just a normal, average, everyday one, soldier, and two, woman. So I'm pretty sure she got fucked over just by vagina alone as usual. Oh, oh God, I'm bending <laughs> over. Hold on. Oh. I should have just left my mic over. I don't know why that. I decided to give you all that wonderful sound profile of me dying. <laughs> How horribly out of shape I am. <laughs> All right. I know we're jumping around with both these episodes, but... Um, who so shall we start with episode three? Yeah, let's jump okay. on episode three. So episode three uh, starts off with, again, the Global Repatriation Council, whatever, Repatriation Council, blah, blah, blah. Uh, essentially introduces them very briefly, and then we go to, I want to say... Oh, that's right. Then we go to Walker and Hoskins arriving in what is not Berlin. I think it might be Moscow. But they go to the place where uh, the Flag Smashers spent a night, and they basically rough up the guy who owns the place. And they're trying to find out where they went. And obviously the guy is like, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm not helping you. Then we switch over to Berlin, where... Bucky and Sam are having the conversation about who's going to go see Zemo. And obviously, Bucky's like, I should do it. Sam's like, that's a bad idea. But at the end, Bucky wins, and he goes and sees Zemo alone. They have a nice mm-hmm. conversation about Machiavelli, and then uh, Bucky busts <laughs> him out. So Zemo, at this point, also mentions that he still sees something inside of Bucky. Like, there's still some lingering... Aggression, yeah. Uh, Aggression, something about the Winter Soldier. Do you think, and and like, as an episode plays out, there are moments where like Bucky slips back into his old ways. Um, Or maybe it's just skills he's retained, but like he's still lethal. He is very much um, as scary as the Winter Soldier, even though he is no longer, as the government would like him to say, the Winter Soldier. Um, and, And so like a part of me is wondering if like, uh, Zemo here has something up his sleeve of like maybe he has one final way to control Bucky or not or do you think he's past that uh, I think it's more of a psychological thing yeah Zemo because... is just really good at, at uh, getting into people's heads yeah. as we learn in this one and you have to remember like Zemo uh, we're going to assume that Zemo has a bit of a plan in terms of if they're going to show up on his doorstep and ask about Hydra then he knows that there are things that he's going to do in terms of what he wants to get done not only quote-unquote helping them but I think in his own agenda and so I think part of him understands like okay I'm gonna need you to be the Winter Soldier at some point so do you guys watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine I do I do not okay uh then Norton this one's for you is Zemo the Pontiac Bandit <laughs> of, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, I think he is. I, I gotta say, like, the very first time I met Zemo when he was in Civil War, I didn't think that much of him. And I didn't know him as a Marvel villain to begin with, because, I again, I'm not really big on the comics. 
but I when I saw him in the movie, I thought to myself, like, oh, you know, this seems like, like what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, why is he doing this? And then when they're like, oh, he's going to bring back the, the Winter Soldiers, and then it turned out, like, oh, his whole plan was just to, like, psychologically fuck the Avengers so that they broke apart from the inside. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this guy some props because that's pretty awesome. And yeah. I got to say, like, I think it's kind of the same thing where it's like you've got – I feel like him and Bucky are going to have this kind of weird relationship where it's, they know they're villains, but they're kind they have that thing in common. What thing? I can't like, I don't, I mean, maybe it's the whole him telling Bucky that he's got a little bit of that darkness in him. Like Zemo obviously has proven that he has darkness in him. Like he was, he's capable of taking that, manipulating it and drawing out other people's darkness. Yeah, which is like really akin to the comic book iteration. I love that they've made. Is he more of a manipulator? Yeah, like he's a master manipulator and strategist, Ah. which is why I kind of love that they've they've kind of made the Zemo that we know, like actual Zemo. I'm seeing this thread with Marvel villains becoming their comic more of their comic book counterparts. So well, I think Um, they got a lot of flack for the uh, Mandarin joke. Yes, but then they they confirmed that they're actually doing the real Mandarin. Oh, I heard crazy. about that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, because they're, they're like, doing wow. the uh, the thing he comes from, so that would help. I mean, yeah, I don't know yeah. if he's a. I think he's supposed to be. I guess a big Iron Man villain traditionally. He's technically Iron Man's greatest rival, but okay. they made it into a racist joke. <laughs> you know, yeah, or they made it into a like weird. a big joke, basically. But yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, they, they make it into a joke, but I mean, yeah. I will say that like. From the Marvel villains we've seen so far, I like it better when they sort of, like, they have this habit of bringing out villains and then just sort of killing them instantly. And it's very annoying. Yeah. Because it's like, well, now you've wasted your shot. Like, now you can never have fun with this person again. See, that's what I I thought, too. But then, you know, Red Skull technically still exists. Yeah, uh, but he's not fun. Ultron Ultron is still technically there, too. With the exception of Thanos. I'm actually pleasantly surprised with Zemo. I, how is Ultron still around? Because they can always bring him back. He's just a robot. They could just be like, "Oh, by the way, there was a copy left. You didn't know about." Yes. You know. Some, someone in someone in China is going to find a USB that has a little bit of Ultron <laughs> on it. They're going to plug it into a computer, thinking it's Bitcoin, and then you know, Ultron's back, baby. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. He's he's definitely got a bit more of a resurrection rate than say poor Hella, who I loved and I wish they'd kept around a lot longer. I also think it depends on who they cast for that role. Like Ultron yeah. is somebody that you can just get a new voice for, like easily. You know, they don't need to get hey. Spader back. James Spader's got a pretty distinct voice. He does, but like you don't, need, you don't need that voice for Ultron. He could, he could his voice can change. It, it reads out both. No, Why you're not, not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Ultron 2.0. He's a new man. Yeah. Or I mean, the only <laughs> Marvel villain who's like dead, dead to me is Thanos and crew because they were snapped. But like everyone else, technically, I think can come back, which is it's kind of but, Marvel's uh, mo. But like the thing is, I don't think there's many other villains that they've set up in a manner that people would care. If they well, came back. they killed off the dragon guy from Iron Man three. They killed off the lady scientist in Iron Man three, as far as I know. They killed off what Obadiah from Iron Man two. We haven't heard anything from Hammer from Iron Man two, but supposedly he might be coming back. 
Uh, they killed off Mickey Rourke's character from Iron Man 2. They killed off any number of Hulk's villains, I think, were killed off. Yeah, we uh, kind of just pretend like the Hulk didn't exist. The whole franchise didn't exist. Like the, I mean, they don't really have a lot of villains that they keep around for too long. Well, like, we'll have Taskmaster. And I'm really hoping they don't kill off Taskmaster. It depends yeah, on how uh, Black Widow, Black Widow goes. Widow goes yeah, because yeah. I mean, they killed off Crossbones. He's done. He got. He was like one and done, and he was more of a throwaway than anything else. He was just yeah. there to make what's her face blow up a building so that the yeah. Sokovia Accords would happen. The um, villain at the beginning of Winter Soldier, the one on the boat that hopped around, was the one on the, the boat. Yeah, at the beginning of Winter Soldier. He was in the beginning of this too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the beginning of this, where Sam kicks him out of the airplane. Yeah, I can't remember his name though, <laughs> which is not a good sign. I, was it yeah. wasn't it just Hopper? Wasn't that I, his like villain I, name? I, I think that it was something like Hopper. That's what's coming to my mind, but I could be wrong. I genuinely but, like, don't remember this person, but Well that's that's how throwaway. Yeah. <laughs> but like quite I'm a throwaway. Ho- but like I'm hoping um they manage to bring back the vulture from Spider Man. I think that's a great Spider Man villain. Uh, yeah, I mean alive. he just went to jail, so yeah. he's not yeah. dead I per think, se. I think Ronan is in space jail as well. Uh, Ronan was Hawkeye. No, no, no. The, Is there another the, uh, Ronan? The Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, did they not kill him? Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. The Nova Corps, I think, took him. Yeah. yeah. But they got destroyed when Thanos went to go get the stones, so we don't even know if Ronan's still alive or not. Thanos might have just killed him when he killed the rest of the planet to get the stone. That's true. We don't know. Yeah, like they killed off the Collector. They killed... They like they kill all these random characters like left and right. And meanwhile, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Loki to death, but I wish there were a little bit more of them. Like I hate that it's just Tom Hiddleston and then he has like this great arc. And I'm wondering if they're gonna try and pull that off with Zemo, or if you're right, he's gonna sort of manipulate his way out of and then become a bit more of an at large villain in the future. I, I think he'll be, be an at large because he, he always was. He was the leader of the. Um, well, I can't remember the organization. He um, basically forms his own little evil crew, though, at some point. I can was see it that. No, I don't think it was Arm. Was it something evil? I want to call it Axis of Evil, but it's not. <laughs> it's very generic bad guy villain sounding. Hmm. I'm going to look this up because now I'm just bothered. <laughs> also, I, um, I also enjoy how he's an actual Baron. And that's how he yes! has money. That was like one of the greatest things ever. Was when like Sam's just like, so you're like this whole time you're fucking rich. Yeah. And it's Explain like how? how I got around. So I so the only thing that bothers me about that is like then how the hell is his family dead? Like if he was rich and Sokovia's going through all this shit, like why didn't he just get his family out of there? He's rich. He could have afforded to. Because it was too late and all the bad stuff happened because of the Avengers. The Avengers are to blame. That is why he has to create the There's a lot of questionable shit here, but... Tony Stark's family's dead and they were rich. Yeah, but they were targeted by the Winter Soldier. Oh, by the way, it's called, I I kid you not, the Masters of Evil. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I guess that's the answer to, uh, what's the DC one? The Legion of Doom? Yeah, yeah. There you go. So Marvel's not as cerebral as they like to think they're very both of them go back and forth very much with yeah similar yeah. yeah like who can think of the worst name i bet i've got one 
<laughs> All right. So they they go visit Zemo and Bucky said so I I don't know whose plan it was. Was it like, I think it was Bucky's plan. So Bucky just slips a note to a prisoner, but I don't understand how Zemo got out of his cell because it doesn't look like a normal cell. Uh no, oh, no that, that's he's in Zemo like a Hannibal Lecter type cell. Yeah, again, Z- Zemo's a master manipulator strategist dude. So like, all he did was Bucky just give this note to this one. No, no, dude. no, no, no. So when Zemo shows him the book, he opens yeah. the book and there's a key card in it. Yeah. He gets out of his cell because of the key card, which I believe Bucky lifted from one of the soldiers on his way in, or one of the guards on his way in. Because we're assuming that Bucky's the one who gives him the key card to get out of the cell, as opposed mm. to... I thought it was a bookmark. No, that was a key card, because he uses it later when he gets out of the cell. Either that, or it's one of those things where they're on, you know, soldiers have, or not soldiers, prisoners have, like, you know, the common room time. So mm-hmm. it's perhaps when Zemo's during common room time, he's allowed out with the other Gen Pop. That could make Bucky sense. Bucky starts a fight. He already has the key card because he had it from his book, which either Bucky gave him or he stole it earlier because he was already planning an escape, which we don't know. Bucky starts the fight. The fight goes. All the guards get distracted. Zemo grabs one of them, gets his uniform, uses the key card on the door to get out, and then opens the door for the other guards coming in. And then leaves further after pulling the uh, fire alarm, like causing more chaos. All part of Zemo's evil plan to escape. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like, at the end of the day, was it Zemo or was it Bucky's plan? Because if you think about it, I haven't really seen, and no offense to Bucky, but I haven't really seen too much intelligence from Bucky. No, he's more yeah. of a just for hire. He, he also, Bucky, like remember, a... Bucky didn't like throw a punch or anything. He just handed a note that Zemo said, just hand this note off. And that note is the whole thing that caused the riot. But see, the confusing the part is that it's Bucky that narrates the whole escape. So it's not clear whether it was Zemo's plan or Bucky's plan. Like, that's the confusing part. Yeah, I'll give you that. The device was very much convenient just because it's like, well, I mean, it it was also just convenient screenwriting wise because like by Bucky being the narrator and not Zemo, it then leads to that tension where Sam's like, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. And Bucky's like, I already have. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, this already happened. No, I Yeah, yeah. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. But again, it's like, it leads to this false idea of like, oh, Bucky's the one who came up with the plan. And, And I mean, again, I'm not saying the guy's an idiot or not saying that he's not intelligent enough to pull it off but it seems like a weird thing for him oh no no never mind he's had a lot of years his training is kind of a not a spy per se but he knows how to break into places he's had to do it lots of times for the russians yeah but he's not i don't think he's a manipulator as much as he is just like an assassin but he's not manipulating anybody the way he gets those two guys to fight is just to throw a random note which also is a little surprising that that works well, yeah, and that's why I'm just like, somebody who did that has to be conniving or cunning, which I is mean, why I think it's Zemo. we do get Zemo saying that he's reading Machiavelli, and that's as far as we um, get in their conversation. So it yeah. is very possible that, based on Machiavelli, they form these plans. Could have been a joint <laughs> we, we went we no really idea. far into this <laughs> It's like the stupidest, it's not the stupidest, but it's like a fun scene, and we're just breaking it out, like it's... You know, was it Bucky or was it Zemo? It's like, who did it? Oh. It's like, nobody <laughs> gives a shit. He's out. That, that's all you need to know. Who cares? <laughs> okay, so what happens next? Um, guys, <laughs> we're, miss- we're missing who it really was. It was Mephisto. 
It's always Mephisto. <laughs> it was Mephisto all along. <laughs> it was Mephisto it's all along. Mephisto. But anyway, mm. so that's when Zemo shows up in the garage, which is apparently under the, I guess it's their impound, the jail impound. No, no, this is uh, this is um, Zemo's garage. They they don't do a good job setting that up though. Oh, okay, like, it is Zemo's garage. Because like, look at all the luxury cars, and then the fact that his dad's old mask and equipment is in that one car conveniently. I didn't know what that was either. I'm like, why is yeah. that a mask? Like, I thought it was just oh, they impounded all these cars when he got. Yeah, that's what I thought too. When and then you arrested. realize when you look at the cars, it's like luxury cars, and Zemo's equipment just happens to be in one of them. It's like, no, no this is his. That's a good yeah. conclusion. But yeah. yeah, so he meets them. There's a great comedic moment in terms of Sam and, and Bucky sort of hashing out what's happened and Zemo kind of being like, I could interject. And they're just like, no, nobody cares about your opinion. Shut up and stay in the corner. <laughs> We're putting you back in jail. Like, th- there's so many really good comedic moments in this episode. There are. That I feel like, you know, they were sorely lacking in maybe the other two and definitely in WandaVision. That thing got dark real quick. Yeah, it really did. Now, uh, Zemo, uh, the clip of Zemo dancing, I think, is one of my <laughs> I'm sure a lot favorite. of people love that episode. Or that, a uh, little fist shake. Yeah. His little um, white yeah. boy dance. So from the garage, uh, Zemo takes them to Madripoor, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, to meet the, uh, what's her name? Selby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and... Christian, I don't know about you, but Madripoor reminded me of the red light district area of Cyberpunk. It looks very cyberpunky. Thank it's you. I actually a- put that in my review. That's it's not a- officially like, out. I was like, this, <laughs> this is Cyberpunk. This is the game. You know, <laughs> when is- I saw it, I thought it was yeah. Tokyo. I'm like, oh, are they going to Tokyo? Yeah, that's what it but looks like, like it looks, it's futuristic Tokyo, right? Because yeah. all the colors. All the and, colors cra- and I'm like, wait, like this is supposed to be like shit. Lowtown. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's with the... Neon lights alongside edges of building. Is that really Hong Kong? Like in Godzilla vs. King Kong? Like even then I was like, is Hong Kong really lit up like this? Or is this just done for the sake of the movie to look cool? Or um, I mean, I've never been, so I can't say. I feel like everyone was just trying to bank on cyberpunk, my friend. It's like, you know what? If they're going to do it, we're all going to do it too. Neon lights on buildings. That's the future. But I mean, look at other big cities. You know, you look at London, you look at Paris. They've all got giant lighted things. So it's not impossible they do, to but believe it's not, that Tokyo it's not. would look pretty swank. <laughs> it's the neon that gets me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you need to go full Grand Theft Auto on that, but oh well. <laughs> it's like Vice City every night. <laughs> Basically. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, so they finally go to Madripool and they get Which also Wolverine's hometown or nice haven away from home. Yeah. Madripool? Yeah, apparently Wolverine goes there a lot to escape his stress <laughs> with the X-Men. Oh. Um, and he has, like, a history there. The reason I mention it is because, like, all the fan boys and stuff are talking about, oh. ooh, is this going to tie into Wolverine and introduce the... I oh, know, I kept but... wondering why they kept bringing up Wolverine. I'm like, what the fuck does he have to do with any of this? But yeah, he's again, all like, about the Madripoor. First of all, I didn't even know Madripoor was a real place because I'm... It's not. It's a made-up Marvel. Geographically <laughs> it's like retarded, Wakanda. But... Oh, that works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel better then. It's like pirate Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> there you go. My geographic he, stupidity feels better. Is this where he goes after uh, Jean Grey turns him down time and Pro- time again? Probably. This is where he goes whenever he's emo and decides to be like, I I'm just want to be with Asian people. Because <laughs> that's the Wolverine's thing. I don't know why. But yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I don't get that either. But either way, they go there. They finally get a meeting with Selby. Zemo offers her Bucky as payment for information on the super soldier serum. Obviously, Sam's phone rings. It's his sister. He's not really good at pretending that it's not his sister, even though he kind of makes a half-hearted effort, which is hilarious. And then, you know, a shootout occurs. And Bucky doesn't have to get sold because Selby gets killed, which winds up getting them a bounty on their head, which winds up Mm -hmm. then again chased down by goons and rescued by Sharon. Yeah. And that's who is implied to be the who's implied to be the sniper too, who killed Selby to begin with, which is why I'm I don't know. I don't know. She's very dark. Oh, you think she's the one who killed Selby? Because that would mean uh, that she's also the one who put the bounty on them which means she forced them to need her help, which would be smart. Uh, like, if you're going to be a power broker, that's a smart move. But is she the power broker? If she's she the power broker, which would be awesome. And I think technically, since we are starting to go towards a more femininely empowered Marvel, it wouldn't yes. surprise me if you had another female big bad. Also, she brokers art. I mean... It's already partially a power broker right there. Well, see, my whole thing is, like, the reason why I don't really trust Sharon in this particular instance is because, from what I can tell, she's doing much better in Madripool's underground than she was ever doing in upright America. (laughs) Like, she has this gorgeous, I'm going to go with an apartment. I, I I hate when they call them apartments. They don't look anything like apartments, but this gigantic place that she's living in. She has all this stolen art that she just deals willy-nilly whenever she feels like it. And she's hosting these random ravers for no apparent reason. I'm going to guess yeah. every night to do deals. So what it's like, was the point why would you want to go rave? back home? Yes. Uh, uh. I think it was supposed to be an art auction, but it's like disguised as a rave because if you pay attention to some of the people, it looks like they're kind of bidding on the paintings that are hanging up. Because I think she even says it like before the party happens. She's like, oh, there's an auction tonight or something. I mean, I could be wrong. I might be remembering it wrong, but I want to say it's it's an auction. No, like that's kind of that's kind of it on the on the nose. It's like it's an auction. Rave, 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 rave. Okay, I know where to go next. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just? Want? Yeah, no, that was a very throwaway scene. I'm like, what was the? Point I felt of like this? that was supposed to be a bigger scene. And then of, she like, comes a to them stuff at what looks like yeah. the middle of the night, and then the next day they go to the the thing. So I'm like, yeah. Why did yeah. you just tell them after the party? Like, why would you come up to them in the middle of the party? Like, it was why a huge thing. Why did we thing. need a party? Yeah. Except the fisting, you know, Zemo scene. That was, that was, I guess, the whole point. Oh, the dance? <laughs> yeah, the little fist dance. Eh. You I know, mean, I guess the other... Oh, sorry, go on. Especially with bounty hunters after you, like, the best place to hide would be by yourself. Not with the entire city raving... <laughs> Yeah, uh, like they still have that. I mean, and that also adds to the possibility that she's the one that's got a hit on them because she would be the one who would say like, "Oh, not yet," or "Oh, hold down," or you know, "Bounties on hold," or something like that, long enough for them to get into a position where maybe she wants to be useful later, like in terms yeah. of when they're at the uh, the storage things. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, my whole thing is just, like, I don't understand how Zemo is so comfortable in all of this because he's, again, supposed to be old-school royalty. It's like, why is he slumming around with these people? Because it's all part of his evil plan. 
<laughs> you really are giving him the mastermind. Like he really is, though, here. and I kind of hope they keep going in that direction. I, I mean, mean they he was able well to. He, he got the Avengers to break up. I mean, come on. That's he did. Dope. He did. Yeah. And that yeah. was pretty awesome. Yeah. He's definitely good at what he does. Anyway, so they, they go to the storage container, and they meet the doctor that's apparently responsible for the super soldier serum that is floating around. The yeah. doctor tells them the information that we relayed earlier, which was that the whole reason the super soldier serum got reinvented was because of experiments done on Isaiah and that he made 20 vials, which mm -hmm. Carly stole. Yes. So now, instead of assuming that Baron Zemo was the one who texted her that he was going to kill her, now we're going to go ahead and assume that the power broker did it. Mm -hmm. Which, if it's Sharon, somebody got to get a hold of that phone. Yeah. But I don't know, because I feel like that's way too obvious. Like, I, I don't like a show that leads me really obviously into... A direction because I feel like they're gonna trap me and be like ah oh, you didn't see this coming and I'll be like no I didn't <laughs> like with the whole uh, WandaVision thing where they kept sort of hinting that it wasn't really Wanda that was doing it and then in the end it was like ah I was Wanda I was Wanda the yeah, whole time I, I, still don't, I also still don't understand what they were like they doing had Quicksilver right. come in and he's all talking like he knows what's going on and then they revealed Agatha and they're like oh it's Agatha and then at the end of the day it's like no it's just Wanda the they did an entire buff for <laughs> it was Agatha all along, and it wasn't Agatha. <laughs> yeah, and that's like I was like, "What the hell? What is this? Why are you doing this to me? You're gaslighting me! Don't do that." You had me a hundred percent convinced that there was something else going on. Obviously, all the fans thought it was Mephisto, which would have yeah. been awesome. I still, I still not discounting fully that Mephisto like, is somehow involved. No, no, she's nope. She's just. Super fucking powerful and, and went psycho listen, and didn't realize it. Listen, I 100% believe Marvel has no plans for Mephisto, and now that everybody's been screaming his name, we'll expect them in phase five of the MCU. I don't, I mean, I he might show up. If he shows up anywhere, he's probably going to show up in the Doctor Strange movie. Yep. Because that would be the most logical place for him to appear, especially feel... if the Wanda ending is any sort of indication of her and Doctor Strange's. Future mm -hmm. interactions and the Darkhold. Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah, the book, oh, okay. uh, the book of evil magic or all evil chaos, whatever magic thing. That dark she has. magic. Yeah, the dark. The grimoire. Yeah. The Necronomicon. <laughs> anyway. It basically it's Marvel's version of the Necronomicon. Yeah. They just don't call it that officially. So once Sharon saves them, they go see the Doc. The Doc gives them all the information. Zemo kills the Doc because he's like, no more super soldiers. Everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. But secretly they're like, yay, I'm happy you did that. Then the fucking, uh, what's its face? The, what are those? The shipping crate. The shipping crate gets bombed by, again, bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. And uh, all hell breaks loose. Sam thinks that Zemo's going to escape. Bucky doesn't really seem concerned at all, which is kind of funny. They have a weird fight about how to escape the crate. And then Zemo shows up, saves the day in a weird way, magically yeah. goes and steals another car, which is odd. Which he finds in the container. I don't know how he found them again. Like, that was the, just, also it, the weird part, because they it, escape through another container, and they don't, like, clue him in on where they are. Like, he, he kind of runs... It doesn't look like he's following them. Then it looks like he's lost. Then it looks like he runs into the car, grabs it. And it's like, does he just roam around until he finds them? Or he just happens to pass a corner where they come out? 
Like, it's a little too convenient on that one. Uh, but then, yeah. He can just sense the lust between Sam and Bucky. Oh, my God. No. No. <laughs> Cut that shit out right now. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no. I am not. I am not the girl to do that with. <laughs> I am not. I, I don't know if you read my Supernatural reviews, but that is not the area I want to go down. No. I am not that fangirl. I do not want that to happen. But they might be in no. the audience. No. I don't want to hear it. But um, I want to quickly, uh, before we move uh, on to the end, I just want to mention that Emily Van Camp had, she was acting on an entirely different level than everybody else, and I loved it. I loved every single second of it. She did um, very good. I liked her a lot. She was very she, good. She was the star of the episode for me, alongside of um, a Nemo. Oh, Zemo. <laughs> I keep calling yeah. Nemo. <laughs> Finding Nemo. <laughs> Finding Zemo. Uh she was excellent overall. I mean, both of them were. They were definitely the ones who, who were given a lot more to do uh, in this time around than the iterations that we've seen before, which is kind of dope. It's very and like, good. And one of the things that um, kind of I- I'm wondering about is, like, in that shipping container, they kind of, like, kept going back to these shots of these, like, thin blue vials. And I'm just and I know the scientist was like, hey, um, There's no I don't have any more. Yeah, there's none of that serum here. But the amount of times that camera cut back, I'm I have a feeling like Walker. There's and, something in there. Yeah, Walker and Ballastar are just gonna show up and they're gonna be like, "Oh, look, two vials. We should drink this." That's convenient. <laughs> I mean, it's again, it's a very good possibility that there are gonna be super soldiers by the end of this series. I agree. There's, I say that. I pretty... say that in episode five. I I would I would be surprised if they didn't do that especially based on their comic book history yeah no i think it's gonna happen i honestly think you'll find out that they work for the power broker somehow or that the power broker is involved in creating all these serums and stuff i mean i wouldn't be well technically the power broker is responsible for creating the serums because he's the one who refinanced yes uh dr nagel's research so dr nagel works on it he gets dusted away by Thanos and then when he comes back all his research is fucked because nobody's paying for it anymore like the whole program shut down so the whole reason why he begins research again and is able to actually complete the serum is because the power broker steps in and says here's money make this happen and he's like done so we already know the power broker is responsible for the super soldier serum or it's like it's stolen but yeah what Oh, and then it gets stolen. Yeah, and then it gets stolen, which is, you know, leads to the question of, like, that that also made me curious because when Carly is talking to her friend or her associate, she's like, oh, I went to Madripool because there was a way to save us, like, to make sure that we could get our own. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how did you know this? Like, how did these people find out about these things? I think they were just refugees who were experimented on personally. Oh, that's, that's, maybe. And then that's kind of that. like, they're like, fuck this. And they just take the things for themselves and they're like, bye. And now it's led to this conflict. So I mean, I don't know, because it makes it sound like she went on her own to get it specifically to get the super soldier serum, like to steal it. Unless you're that's right. True. And it was like, maybe the power broker was advertising like, hey, you know, would you like to feel stronger? Would you like to be able to fight your own battles? Would you be able to, like, you know, are you interested in changing your station? And maybe she's like, oh, let me go take this chance for all of you. 
And if I come back and I'm better, then I'll, I'll bring all of you aboard. And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. So she goes there, realizes what the fuck is happening, is like, fuck this. I'm just going to take these vials and leave. Which makes me wonder, who's the villain in this? Uh, is it... Yeah. I don't know. There's like, I mean, I, I do think this is one of those series where it's going to be. And I, I know I said this about, oh, I forget which show it was. <laughs> I was watching something and I'm like, this is going to be one of those. Sh- oh, Watchmen. I was like, is this going to be one of those shows where the villains turn out not to be the villains? But the villains were white supremacists, so they were the villains the whole time. Like, so villain, they, they the racism very, is clearly, the villains. Like, races were always going to be the villains. But yeah. um, in this case, I think it's a legitimate statement to say, you know, you're introduced to the Flag Smashers as the villains from day one. But the more you learn about it, the more you realize maybe they're not. Maybe... Like like you said, maybe Zemo turns out to be the villain. Maybe the power broker is a little more nuanced than we all expected. Maybe Zemo is manipulating the power broker in the end. I don't know. I think Zemo gets away, but the Flag Smasher is killed. I know you said that's part of, that comes with the turf, but, you know, they blew him up. That This is the superhero formula. The bad guys that we could have sided with. I have a feeling those do. 20 vials are going to make their way around because oh, yeah. it's probably, a way the... for Marvel to incorporate more stories like this into their future properties. So this is this is a huge opportunity for them in terms of why would they waste it? Like, why would you destroy any of the remaining serums? She stole 20. There's eight of them. Math says I think there's 12 left. I'm not good at that, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a baker's dozen, not a baker's dozen. That's a regular dozen of, like, (laughs) you know, super people that you can just pepper into your other properties and be like, how'd you become super strong? Well, it's a funny story. I was waiting for them to eventually delve into this, too. I'm kind of happy that it's happening now. They didn't just jump into it in, like, 2011. The super soldier serum? Yeah, this is, like, a popular topic that they do in the video game Marvel adaptations all the time. It's like, what happens when everyone can get the super soldier serum and... Like, now, now they're finally playing around with the idea, so... I'm happy that they delayed it for this long. Um, but yeah, it totally opens up doors. It does. And I'm, again, like... I think the question of who are the real villains in this is going to be a very open-ended one. Because I think, at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of shades of grey. I don't think there's going to be... Unless... Zemo does some amazing mental gymnastics at the end of this that makes him 100% just the fucking worst. I don't see anybody in this series ending with like, oh, nobody in the audience being like, well, maybe they had a point. Like, I I guarantee you there's many, many audience members who are going to glom onto either any of the villains and be like, well, they're not so bad. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have my day. Other people are going to be like, you know what? That Thanos idea. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Zemo pulls a Loki and finds a way to get out of being arrested or a mess um, that he's in. Uh, I'm, so, he... I'm going to be so mad if they kill Loki in that series. I'm going to be so pissed. Because from, like, from the idea that I'm getting from the trailer, it's like the only way to set the timeline straight is to kill Loki, logically. Like, yeah, he has to go around and fix all his fuck-ups. But the final fuck up would be him dying. So I think I'm like, fakes. I'm gonna be uh, so pissed if he dies. I I call it now. He fakes his death by replacing somebody. Owen that, Wilson. I think it's him. 
Yeah, Owen Wilson becomes Tom Hiddleston in some weird trickster manner, and he gets out of it. It's going to be like, now you see me. I mean, he's got the Um, voice down, so. Yeah. It's going to, yeah, the end of Loki will be, now you see me. Just like some bullshit that doesn't make any sense, um, and he escapes. But it's Tom Hiddleston, and it's Loki, and we all love him. So we just smile and accept it. Either that, or he just decides to join the time... uh whatever the the fuck, time cops whatever the hell they are <laughs> i mean it's, it, it makes me think of uh what the hell is it uh when the dc did the uh legends of tomorrow and they had like the oh yeah they have like their own time police and i'm like oh marvel's got a time police like does everybody have a time police is this a thing rick and morty has a time police oh yeah that's true <laughs> did doctor who have a time police as well aren't they just you know time lords yeah oh that's I right mean, yeah in dc's they're time lords you're right they're the time lords yeah are they in dc yeah they're called the time lords you're not oh yeah and doctor who is okay with this. um oh wait shit you know what let me look it up real quick because hmm? i'm gonna see what the hell they were i thought it was time lords but maybe yeah maybe i'm just thinking of doctor who uh, I, I have no idea i guess um, marvel has the watchers right or no Am I confusing it now? No, uh, Watchers are... I thought DC also has Watchers. Didn't they kill the Watcher in the comics? Wasn't that a big event? Should be mad confusing, bro. <laughs> there's there's, there's so many. There's too many people that have too many things that are like, oh, look, we're all the same. It's like, okay. We're too many retcons, which is the point of the multiverse oh, of madness. Is like Time Masters. It. So it's the Time Bureau <laughs> that Rip yes. forms, and they are the Time Masters. So it's close to Time Lord, but not Time Lord. It's it's a uh, what do you call it a synonym? <laughs> we got away with the synonyms, boss. Uh, oh God! And this is what we've chosen to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the Falcon and the so Winter. So our episode ends with them going to. Now I don't remember where they wind up in the end, and even in my review, I couldn't remember where the hell they wound up in the end. They. I don't remember what country they're in. I really want to say it's back to Germany, but I have no idea. But they wind up at in front of a building that Zemo is saying like they can go to because he's got like a lead after the whole shit in Madripool goes down. And so yeah. they go there and all of a sudden Bucky's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go take a walk. And neither of them are bothered by this. Neither of them are like, why? They're just I, like, I, yeah, I that's could cool. buy it. I, I could buy it. I just guess. Like, he doesn't want to be with Zemo. I don't know. It just seems a little weird, especially considering the fact that, like, again, they just broke out an international criminal. And, again, Bucky has already... Well, actually, yeah, he's good. He's not really on the run right now because they did the whole stupid therapy thing. So, okay, fine. But it's still odd that he just walks away and nobody questions it. But he goes and he follows these little... They look like ball bearings with little symbols on them. And they're, they're making breadcrumbs. Like, they're making noises. They're, they're making these high pitched noise, which I think is the reason he knows it is because he has got the arm, and I yeah. think it like resonates. So he follows them back, and you find out that there's Io, one of the Dorimage, not 100% Dorimage. I'm not really good at what they're called, but the the super lady soldiers from Wakanda, the elite guard of Wakanda, yes, that the protect... elite lady soldiers of Wakanda. Yeah. 
And obviously, and the, the bead, they're beads. The little, the balls are beads. Yes, they're the beads. Bead technolo- the technology yes. for beads is very uh, popular. In I'm more shocked that Bucky was able to spot one of those, and then the next one. Um, uh, again, I think it's easily. because it's vibranium, and his arm is vibranium. So I think they're on the same frequency. But, I didn't even think about that. But, oh my but, god! When but he goes to them, vibrate. they make a sound. <laughs> they make like a humming sound when he goes to pick them up. Like I, huh. that was bothering me. I'm like, what the hell is that sound? And then he goes and he picks up this little bead, and I'm like, is somebody fucking like bugging the place? And he goes. I they and were picks like mini another... bombs. No, they're they're like weird little the high beads. pitch. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be, um, from what I understand, from what I remember from Black Panther, they're a means of communication. Yeah. That's like how they communicate. They use the beads, oh. and yeah. so I think in this case it is her. She probably actually is bugging the building. But she's also leading a trail back, so she knows how to get there. Probably at night, like cover of night. Maybe the question is, how long has she been following them? For a while, because, well, you know why she's there. No, we know why she's there. She's yeah. there because, obviously, they know that Zemo killed the king. So, obviously, yeah. that can't stand. Yeah. But the other question is, one, how the fuck did she find them? And two, how long has she been following them? Wakanda, I'm, they got satellite and technology. Yeah, I'm pretty sure as soon as she heard that Zemo was broken out of jail, that uh, you, you know Wakanda had tabs on Zemo. Like as soon as something happened, they were probably all over it because they wanted their revenge. I can yeah, see that. Yeah, they are the most advanced, you know, advanced society. No, that would make so. sense. That yeah. makes sense, especially now that they have like a headquarters in L.A. So it's not like they're, you know. They've got an ear in America. Plus, they've got, uh, what's his face? Um, Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. So I'm sure they bugged his office. I'm sure he got a call when Zemo was, you know, escapade. And they were like, ah! (laughs) Martin Freeman was who, again, in the Marvel Cinematic? Hold on, I gotta look up his name. He's the secret agent who, um, who was taken to Wakanda. Is he a secret so, agent? I thought he was just like a regular FBI agent. Or does he? FBI? I thought he was CIA. Uh, let's see. Uh, Black Panther. I think he was, was. I can't remember where he was introduced. I'm actually surprised you guys even remember that the the beads were being used as a communication thing. Like I. It's a popular technology in Wakanda. I apparently pay like, way too much attention to all of this shit as opposed to my actual life. Which tells you a lot of things. Everett I mean, K. Ross. Yes. So Everett Agent Ross. Ross is, oh, yeah. Is his, uh, his name. Ah, oh, yeah. he was in a DuckTales episode? Yeah, and I love that guy. I kind of hope he ends up in um, a scene with Benedict Cumberbatch in Doctor Strange. Oh, uh, yeah, so how do you miss Sherlock that opportunity? Reunion. You know they're going to they're they're do, do it. You know they're going to say something they're, about it. Yeah. I mean, they've already done a Sherlock joke in the past, so. Because mm. you, you had two Sherlocks, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. and, and Benedict, but yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. I forgot about that. All they got to do is bring in the... What's her face? Oh, no. She was Watson. Never mind. Yeah. I was going to say the, the elementary um, Lucy, Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu? But, yeah. yeah. I, I know you guys you guys went straight to Sherlock, but I was thinking The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Benedict Cumberbatch in The Hobbit? I didn't he's think Mug. so. 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 he's the smog. Of, well, yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. He's the voice of smog. No, you're all right. So I think, well, yeah, I think we're at the end of this episode. So <laughs> we've <laughs> and we're halfway. The end of our episode. Yes, the, both episodes, and I think you know we've have we're halfway through the series. Uh, sadly, it's only six episodes, um, and I feel like we're just getting more and more players as this goes along. It's kind of hard to tell what the structure looks like. Um, so what are your predictions for where this goes and how it ends? Like, what, what do you want to see out of the final three? Uh, I mean, I don't really know, to be honest. I, I, I feel like they actually pack quite a bit into each episode, so... I mean, episode three itself felt really long. <laughs> I, I yeah. even looked at it one time at a certain point. I was like, I was like, how much more is left? And it was still like a good fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely a meaty episode. It's uh, it's hefty to say the least. But yeah. I will say that, like, ultimately, I, I don't know. I, I. Right, so so let, let, let me let me throw out let me throw out some uh, maybe hypotheticals, and you guys give your answers. Um, at the end of the series, you. Think John Walker still remains Captain America? No. No, he no. becomes secret secret agent or special agent. I can't remember. Who. U.S. Who? agent. U- U.S. agent. Thank you. Who? Oh, you know, Bucky. Bucky says in this episode, you know, like next time he sees Walker, he's gonna take the shield from him. Who do you think ends up with the shield? By credits. Easily Sam. I don't know. I I don't know if he'll actually pick it up. I think he might just. I think Bucky might take it and like you know not use it in terms of B cap, but I think he might just take it and maybe he'll give it to Isaiah. Oh my god, that'd be a fucking dope uh, ending. <laughs> it's like oh the that. shield disappears and then you know Bucky goes and says like here this is rightfully yours, and, and maybe Isaiah, Isaiah's. Kidding. And then Isaiah's like, does it come with a paycheck? And then it's credits. <laughs> right. He's like, well, thanks a lot for this hunk of shit. I can't do anything with. I can't well, sell no, it on that the shield market. is vibranium. He could sell it for billions <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> Just put it up on the dark web. Your son probably knows how. <laughs> the Wakandans will probably take it back. They'll 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 do a finder's fee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How long do you think this Wakanda interaction lasts? You think it's just episode four of like them trying to kill Zemo or um, do you think Io is with them for the remainder of the series? I mean, I think that the next episode will definitely track her story in terms of how she gets up to there. I think it'll do it in a efficient manner because they've got shits on the cover. But I do think that if she sticks around, it's maybe for like an episode or maybe an episode and a half. I don't, I don't really see her joining the team as it were. Although, it would be another blackface, which would be nice. Although, I realize that term is wrong. <laughs> I'm like, Apologies. Did you just <laughs> I don't mean it that way. Podcast another canceled. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the final episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> oh <my God>. podcast. <laughs> uh, apologies all around. Not, not what I meant. Um, yeah, I just, I honestly just want to see it end with Sam punching uh, John in the face. It's kind of it. Like, I don't really care where else we go. I just want to see this happen. I have like, a feeling yeah. that uh, Hoskins might defect to the uh, Sam Bucky team. I, like, I, I hope we get the end game set up in episode four because what I, you know, what I always hate is when you enter the final episode of a series and then there's a new plot, there's a new big bad all of a sudden. Like that, that should be established well in it advanced and that 
final episode should be an epilogue or, or like a good chunk of it should be an epilogue for everything that came before um, i kind of agree with you on that one yeah like i, I because, feel like unless you resolve it early in the last mm-hmm. episode then yeah the last episode should definitely be a cleanup episode yeah it, it really should be and uh, especially if you're gonna intend to either have another ep- uh season or if you're even gonna try and like extend it into the further universe a cleanup episode is especially important I don't, yeah, I, I honestly don't think there's going to be another season. I don't I mean, think there so, is either. That's why I keep removing season from the title I, of your reviews. That's fine, <laughs> I, I don't you mind. I, I'll take it off, I don't mind, yeah. I don't have to do it. No, it's, it's just one of those things where I'm just like... I, I just got know. used to it because originally I would just write the episodes with their title names, and then I think Christian was like, if you don't put the season in the episode, people won't be able to find it, so I'm like, fine. I'm like, people yeah. don't pay attention to episode names. I was like, I do, but I guess I watch TV differently. <laughs> that's true i mean i can't even tell you the name of the three episodes i don't remember i said yeah. at the top of the show <laughs> damn it first one is new world order the second one is star spangled man and the third one is power broker there you go power broker but if i wanted to look it up on google do i type in the name of the show or do i just say falcon and winter soldier episode no three? you are you're more likely to, to type in the episode number you're not wrong yeah but it's like if I want to abbreviate it S one E one, I also don't. I also should be able to do that. That's true. Yeah. If we, I'll, I'll say this: if this ends up getting a season two, I'll go back and update the <laughs> old <laughs> episode nice. titles. It's gonna be like two years from now. It's like it's like, but all you promised. Uh huh. Hmm. All right. Um, I think that does it for this week's. Um, we'll good. catch you guys again next week. Uh, Norton, where can people find you? Uh, I write for the work print. I'm good there. Christian? Uh, work print, and you can follow me on XN underscore Angelus on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Christian Angelus Writer on Facebook. Are you sure it's not Chris Catan uh, Angelus <laughs> Writer? <laughs> Chris Catan, yeah. Uh, Chris Catan. That's, I should start to copyright that name. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> and as of. usual, you can follow. You guys can follow the work print at all things the work print. Um, we also are bringing back the games cast. We have another episode recording tomorrow night on Tuesday. We we'll go live on Wednesdays. Um, be sure to check that out if you're into video games. Uh, this week we'll be talking Outriders. So um, yeah, uh, we'll catch you guys next week for more Falcon and the Winter Soldier and. The bromance that will turn into a romance. No. Thanks, everybody. No. Bye. <laughs>